Hi, this is Dave Durr, and today we're going to take a next step as we walk in the Spirit through the book of Acts. Today we're going to look at Acts 19, verses 23 through 41. I will read this for you. About that time, serious trouble developed in Ephesus concerning the way. It began when Demetrius, a silversmith who had a large business manufacturing silver shrines of the Greek goddess Artemis. He kept many craftsmen busy. He called them together along with others employed in similar trades and addressed them as follows. Gentlemen, you know that our wealth comes from this business. But as you have seen and heard, this man Paul has persuaded many people that handmade gods aren't really gods at all. And he's done this not only here in Ephesus, but throughout the entire province. Of course, I'm not just talking about the loss of public respect for our business. I'm also concerned that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will lose its influence and that Artemis, this magnificent goddess worshipped throughout the province of Asia and all around the world, will be robbed of her great prestige. At this, their anger boiled, and they began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Soon the whole city was filled with confusion. Everyone rushed to the amphitheater, dragging along Gaius and Aristarchus, who were Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. Paul wanted to go in too, but the believers would, would not let him. Some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, also sent a message to him, begging him not to risk his life by entering the amphitheater. Inside, the people were all shouting, some one thing and some another. Everything was in confusion. In fact, most of them, most of them didn't even know why they were there. The Jews in the crowd pushed Alexander forward and told him to explain the situation. He motioned for silence and tried to speak. But when the crowd realized he was a Jew, they started shouting again and kept it up for about two hours. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! At last, the mayor was able to quiet them down just enough to speak. Citizens of Ephesus, he said, everyone knows that Ephesus is the official guardian of the temple of the great Artemis, whose image fell down to us from heaven. Since this is an undeniable fact, you should stay calm and not do anything rash. You have brought these men here, but they have stolen nothing from the temple and have not spoken against our goddess. If Demetrius and the craftsmen have a case against them. The courts are in session, and the officials can hear the case at once. Let them make formal charges. And if there are complaints about other matters, they can be settled in a legal assembly. I am afraid we are in danger of being charged with rioting by the Roman government, since there is no cause for all this commotion. And if Rome demands an explanation, we don't know what to say. Then he dismissed them, and they dispersed. So here, again, we have another compelling story, another example of the obstacles that existed for the early church, this early 
family on mission. As the gospel was presented, lives were being changed. Those changed lives then began to affect many others. And in this specific case, their bank accounts. Yesterday, we heard about how the entire province of Asia heard the word of the Lord as a result of the ministry of Paul and his family on mission. So the gospel was presented broadly. Christianity was disrupting the very culture. Before this, the Ephesians, who had not become followers of Jesus, probably would have said, you know, you can have your religion, your beliefs, and your followers, as long as it doesn't affect me or us. But now we see that through the power of the Holy Spirit, the transformed lives of new believers began to impact the silversmith's local union and some of others, the other related trades. And now all of a sudden they took notice and were saying, enough is enough. This is costing us money. Demetrius, acting as a spokesman for this group, whipped his union and some other trades into a frenzy by blaming these followers of the way of sending their lucrative business uh, uh, of making miniature silver Artemis gods into a serious tailspin. This little crowd grew quickly in the city market area and they all rushed into the theater. The theater is said to hold 25,000 people. So let's look at that to get an idea of the scale of all this. If you've ever been to Auburn Hills, gone to a Pistons game or even a concert there, that particular arena, the Palace, will, has a seating capacity of 25,000 people. So the same size. So imagine being brought into an arena that seats 25,000 people, brought into the Palace. And these people are screaming and chanting for something or someone you were accused of trying to shut down. Luke, the author here, even reports in this passage that most of the people had no clue what they were protesting or shouting about. This raises up all kinds of concerns because your safety is in this kind of person's hands, and that has to be a bit scary. Do you think that could happen today? Something like this? Think about it. Are you able to put yourself into this scene? How do you feel? What emotions rise up within you? Is it fear? Is it, I've got to get out of this place? Well, I think we can all have some level of fear in such a situation. But they're the small group of Christians held on and uh, trusted God for the outcome. And while we know how this episode in the 19th chapter of Acts ended, those represented the Jew, representing the Jewish movement were vindicated. The crowd was dispersed and life went on as before, at least this time. Of course, this was not always the case in the past, nor would it be in the future. So let's just make a couple of observations here that maybe we can learn from that would be instructive in some way about this event recorded in Acts 19. I think the first observation is one that's pretty obvious. When God's kingdom movement affects or disrupts financial security, 
there will be resistance. The degree of resistance will probably vary if you're a follower of Christ or not. A good question to ask yourself right now is, how often do you or do I find money, material things, or financial security displacing God on the throne of my life or your life? My second observation is this. It takes a ton of courage to stand up and stand firm when the majority, sometimes a very loud group of people, is going the opposite way. Yet, as we look at this account in Acts, we see that things did not change because of the majority. No, it was the minority that changed things. The growing faith family in Ephesus was outnumbered, yet prevailed, and God's kingdom continued to grow exponentially, all in the power of the Holy Spirit. How does this impact the way you see things in our world and in our unique cultural setting right here in West Michigan? My final observation is this. God's kingdom was on the move in Asia. Macedonia, and Greece, all in the face of incredible opposition. But these followers of Christ continued to be faithful in sharing the hope and joy they experienced in Christ. They were living out their beliefs and doing so in the full view of their neighbors, fellow workers, family members, and even total strangers. And they were doing so in a very attractive and compelling way. And guess what? The body of Christ grew exponentially in the way, in, and I think it brings up a question that we need to consider as well. Through this exponential growth, we can bring it to our situation right where we live in West Michigan. And here's the question. In what ways is my faith or is my lifestyle or my attitude attractive to those I come into contact with daily? In what ways is my faith, lifestyle, or attitude attractive to those people my life intersects with on a daily basis? How might God be speaking to you through all this? And what might be a good next step for you as a result? Let's pray. Lord, give each of us the strength and courage to stand strong for you. Allow each of us to see all people through your eyes, no matter where we are. Our desire, Lord, is that our lives are attractive only because people see you, Jesus, in us. May it be so today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.